You are listening to the weekly podcast of Life Change Christian Church. We pray you enjoy today's message. be the king 
they all were looking for. Not only that, but who would sit on his right? Who would sit on his left? Who would have a say in how he reigns? Luke 19 verse 11 reveals that they believed that the Lord was about to establish the kingdom, Jesus. And they were assuming that very shortly he would be sitting on a throne. The disciples had private conversations. It's revealed in the text. They was wondering who would, what position would they have in this new order, in this new government, in this new reign. Who would sit on the Lord's right? Who would sit on his left? Who would equate? <laughs> but Jesus in his wisdom, profound. As he often did, spoke in a parable. Debunking opening their eyes to see what they truly ought to be. How they should proceed. The very thing that they thought he was challenging their way of thinking, their belief, their perceptions, their assumptions, their biases, their dispositions. So the Lord uses talents. And he spoke of how different ones was given certain talents. And the gist of it came down to how do you use what you will be given. Instead of looking for the benefits, how will you accomplish? What will be the result of the talents that's been given? So the scripture says in Luke 19, before he left, he called together 10 of his servants and divided among them pounds of silver, saying, invest this for me while I am gone. other words, occupy until I come. The things that I'm giving you, occupy until I come. There is a method in the madness. It's a crisis going on in our world, in our church. And I want to challenge us, as Jesus did in this parable, 
he said, occupy until, 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 meaning until I come. This word occupy merely doesn't mean to possess, to hold a thing, to have a thing, to sit and wait, to say what you have and be comfortable and be satisfied or to feel like you have done your part and now you could just wait until he comes to rapture you, to take you to heaven. This word simply occupy literally means to improve, to employ, be in the business for the purpose of increasing it, making it better, making a profit on it. Now many will use this verse or use this to talk about money, to talk about investments. But literally, Jesus, in the context of the passage, was speaking of kingdom. How do you, where they was thinking of overthrow and taking and where would they sit and how would they be seen and what positions would they have Jesus used this parable literally to talk about what to do while you're waiting for the kingdom to come you improve Make it your business. Have a purpose of increasing. Using your resources to make a thing better. Until I come. Occupy until I come crisis that we're finding today in the church is that we have been preached to, we have been anesthetized, we have been brainwashed to look for just the benefits, but not understanding what Bible really says that our part is to occupy until occupy do the work of negotiate do the business of improve affect change bring to light the kingdom until I come find this same thing that Jesus was referring to within the children of Israel. God had spoke to Israel 
and the prophet Jeremiah, remember what I told you about prophets last week. The prophet Jeremiah was trying to remind the children of Israel to occupy, to do the work, to do the business, to, to increase, to make happen, to increase their ability, to increase their sense of bringing light to God and what God is saying and doing. But the problem was that the children of Israel forgot or failed or allowed idolatry became self-seekers, became narcissistic, became about them that they failed to occupy. Bishop William Barber says it this way The true test of your salvation Is not You just Accepting Christ For you just not to say oh I'm saved The true Test of your salvation Is how you live It out You can tell me All day you're saved But if what you say Does not add up to what you do How you live, how you change your behaviors, how you change your thoughts around certain things, how you act towards and what good is just saying for we have taken on a theology we've taken on a belief that we just if we just say it, we're saved we go to heaven somebody said a lot of people that's talking about heaven may not be the ones going there and the ones you least think is going is going there occupy could it potentially be that the church is in a crisis is because we have failed to occupy to do the work to negotiate to invest in to be the hands and feet of. The children of Israel struggled. In Jeremiah 6, y'all can read it. I'm just going to give you a little excerpt. But there was a crisis within the Jerusalem church. Israel church. The children of Israel's church. The Lord had to remind them of where they've come from, what they came out of, what he's spoken and where they was to go to. But how many know that when you look more for blessings and more of the milk and honey that we can often use the milk and honey and become idolatrous, run after things that is not of God. So the prophet Jeremiah warned the church Jeremiah 6 about verses around say 10 he said to whom can I speak and give warning who listen to me their ears are closed they cannot hear the word of the Lord is offensive to them to the church not to the work to the church they find no pleasure in it but I am the Lord full of wrath and I cannot hold it in 
pour it out on the children in the street and the young men gathered together both husbands and wife will be caught in it and the old those weighed down with years their houses will be turned over to others together with their fields and their wives when I stretch out my hand against those who live in the land declares the Lord from the least to the greatest all are greedy for gain listen to this since church prophets and pastors priests alike all practice deceit listening to Bishop Barbara he brought out this text and it encouraged me to bring it to you today because the church is in a crisis that even the priest prophets are running after money and running after wealth and running after and even as the prophet Jeremiah was speaking to the church he said he spoke to the church the Lord used them to speak to the church and today I'm speaking to the church because our world is hurting because the church is in crisis and I love the church therefore I will speak to the church as an encouragement as a reminder what we're purposed to do in the moment that we're experiencing in history to be a light, to be a voice, to be a beacon, not to be narcissistic, to turn from Lord bless me to Lord how can you use me, to not give me, give me a word, a prophetic word, you don't need a prophetic word. You have every word you need from God. Let the prophet speak to the nations. And let the people, the church, be the church. I'm going to help you. I'm going somewhere. Well, the prophet Jeremiah said, They dressed the wounds of my people as though it were not serious. The pet, the the priest listen to what's going on the prophets just check it check it how many Facebook how many conferences how many prophet things that you how many where they're saying peace peace they say the wounds of the people they're not addressing with it's not serious 144 million people living under livable wage but they ask for more in your tithes and offerings paying money to go conferences and but how many are concerned about policies laws that are keeping those that come to church bound but you'll ask as bishop barbara would say more concerned about the pastoral anniversary and what's given than somebody due to be evicted. Come on, somebody, I know I'm preaching right. It's tight, but it's right. Ooh. He said their words are offensive. 
Are they ashamed of their detestable conduct? No. They have no shame at all. They do not even know how to blush. So they will fall among the fallen. They will be brought down when I punish them, says the Lord. For this is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient past. Ask where the good way is and walk in it. This is what we're to do. Ask for the ancient past. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. But we will not walk in it. He said, I appointed watchmen and said, listen to the sound of the trumpet. But you said, we will not listen. Therefore, you nations, you are witnesses, observe what will happen to them. Here, you earth, I am bringing disaster on this people, the church, for the fruit of their sh schisms, because they have not listened to my words and have rejected my law. This is a church in crisis. And due to that, children the church was put god put not evil not the devil not some the lord put the church in captivity bishop william barber reminded me and i had to laugh because we'll use this scripture out of context and it reminded me that many people use scripture for their own gain will take it out of context to make it whatever say whatever they want it to say watch out for that will use scripture to make their point of judging whatever issues that they have with stuff So he reminded me, go back to the context of what the Lord is saying in Jeremiah 29, 11. You all know scripture. You all have put it as your affirmation or as your word for what you want. You know it. For the Lord knows the plans that I have for you, plans to prosper you, not to harm you, plans to give you a hope in the future. Oh, we'll run, we'll shout, we'll tear up a church. Woo! The Lord knows. I... Lord got plans for me. The Lord is going for my future. But what God literally, as Bishop reminded me, he was saying to a people who had disobeyed a church that had gone wild, a church that was trying to be the best, get the best, have the best, Pastors gone awry, prophets doing their own thing, prophet lying, speaking of peace when it was destructive craziness all around, should have been speaking to the nation, but here it is turning it on, trying to make people believe something that was not true. And the Lord put the church in exile to humble 
to remind them of what the purpose is to occupy. Church, have we forgotten that we are called to occupy? Folks have thought me that word occupied to take up space. Yep, that's it. Some of us are just taking up space. Taking up a chair, taking up a pew, taking up a title, taking up a place where you can be Lord over versus being a servant too. I got a title to Lord over. Nobody can tell me what to do. I'm not accountable. I'm the one to speak to people, not you be used as a servant. I'm the one with the word. I'm the one that knows what God is saying. I'm the one that will direct. I'm the one occupying, taking up space. But literally the Lord said, occupy, work. Make a difference, make an impact, make a change. Be one to transform, be one to stand out. Be one when everybody's going left, you stand and say, thus saith the Lord. When all craziness is going on in the church, you won't bring judgment, but you'll be a beacon of light, of hope. Of stability. So Jeremiah 29, 11, the Lord says, yes, even in opposition, even in oppression, even when you disobeyed, even when you did your own thing, somebody needs to start thanking God because there is a method even in the madness. Many of us, even in our church, will look at the madness of the politics, of our economic condition, of our health care. We'll talk about the madness and never be the one to be used to bring a solution to it. We're occupying, standing in the way, saying what the church should be or church should not be involved in. And we're so focused on being judgmental. I can say it because I see it. I can say it because I've witnessed it. I can say it because even at times I may have been a part of it. Or I'm woke to it. But my bishop says, what sense does it make to be woke and never get out the bed? It's time to get out the bed and occupy. Get to working. Get to the things that the Lord has given us to invest it. It's, how, it's not just church, how many souls get saved. How many are coming to an altar? What sense does it make to come to an altar or to, well, in our culture, focus on the numbers God's not concerned about numbers as much as he's concerned about what Jeremiah spoke of in the text. How are you doing with those who are being oppressed, marginalized? How are you doing bringing justice to economics where there's injustice, where people are 
dying because of policies, because of certain things that's been established. We have a whole world to work, not just who comes in the four wall building to have you pat yourself on the back to say this is how many people got saved. And then you can't even touch because you're untouchable. God's not just concerned about an individual. He's concerned about the world. So if your salvation is just based on who is getting saved and just going to heaven, That's an incomplete salvation. For Jesus went and healed, delivered, set free, spoke, where he had to even tell folks to be quiet because what I'm saying can literally kill me. <laughs> he had to remind folks that the things we should be concerned about, inadequate health care, Concerned about poverty, concerned about children who have nothing, but he could use a lad to turn two fish and five loaves of bread and bless it and feed multitudes to those who look down on children. Come on, somebody. That he could speak to a woman whoo, and speak to her where there was judgment and they used the Bible, the law, to condemn and he just said not a word and started to go to writing and looked up and said, where are your accusers? Come on, this is the gospel. Where he could go to places where they say you should not go, should not be. And he said it was purpose for him to get there, to be there and turn a woman's world upside down to the point that she ran and said, come see, became a woman who preached, who testified for those who think women can't preach, went and turned the whole city around just from a well experience. Whew. Oh, I'm feeling a preaching and my time is up, but I just want to encourage you it's time church to occupy until he comes not just sit around not just waiting not just hiding your talent because you know of what's required my god because the one who comes back will say what did you do while i was away i'm here to ask the church what are you doing while we are waiting how are you using what he's giving you your tick your your talents your your treasure my god your 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 gifts what are you doing how are you making an impact don't tell me hold on don't tell me that you are on the ushers board i don't want there is where where do you find the ushers board 
in the Bible. Don't tell me you're part of the deacon board. No, 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 no. The deacon literally means to be a servant, to go out. And when the church was having an issue about how do we go out, they deputize people to go out to meet the needs of the people. Don't tell me you're occupying the call or the title of a prophet or a teacher or an what are you doing with what he's asked of you to do, my God? I'm going to say you may not like what I've got to say. You may not even come back to this broadcast again. It's okay. But as a word from God, it's time to occupy. And I'm looking for those who are ready. I'm looking for those who want to be on just a four-war church experience. I'm looking for those who aren't looking for a pat on the back. I'm looking for those who aren't easily offended because what I say made you offensive because of your own issues of stuff that you've gone through. Hallelujah. But I'm looking for one who can take a licking and keep on ticking. I'm looking for those who are ready to speak to nations. I'm looking for those who stand and use their sermons as a protest. I'm looking for those who will be the hands and the feet of Jesus and occupied until he comes. Can you be one that's working? And when you're working, you've got yourself prepared. That whenever he calls you home, or whenever he cracks the sky, he'll find you working. He won't find you gossiping. He won't find you talking about the unrighteous and what they're doing, and the hypocrites, and what they're doing, and trying to make yourself bigger than somebody else. You don't got time for that, but you're occupying you're going into the streets. You're dealing with inadequate health care. You're dealing with systemic racism. You're dealing with systemic poverty. You're dealing with ecological devastation. You're dealing with, my God, militarism. You're dealing with the false narrative of Christian nationalism. You're dealing with the those who are marginalized. You're fighting for those who can't, my God, who can get unleaded gas but can't get unleaded water. You're dealing with the mother who's lost a child and don't know what to do. You're dealing with policies. You're dealing with stuff that's keeping folks oppressed, bound to mental illness and bound to educational disparities and bound to, my God, inadequate income. Is there anybody that's gonna occupy until it comes? Woo! There's a method to the madness. The Greek word woo, for occupy is the term pragmatio, where we get our English word pragmatic. In other words, <laughs> Can you be pragmatic to believe that you can get in the affairs and see God use you, see God speak through you, see God use your talent, see God use your treasure, see God use you as an investment 
to transform a world. In the Hebrew, the Hebrew term literally means to make better of a thing, to do different of a thing, to literally to walk it out. And so I decree today, it's time to not take up space, but to use the space that God has put you in to bring forth transformation, to bring forth liberation, to bring forth good news, to be the sight to the blind, to be one that will speak justice to where there's injustice, to be the one to be a voice and to take care of God's business right here on the earth until he comes again. Do I got a witness? Do I got a witness? Is there one that will witness? Is there one that will testify? Is there one? Thank you, Stacy. Is there one today? Is there another? I'm making an altar call, a virtual altar call. Is there another that will occupy? As I close, will you occupy to affect and be a voice and be a hands to ecological devastation? Big word, but literally means to fight, to be a voice, to climate change. Will you be a voice to fight and to be used to talk about a livable wage? Because how many are working two and three jobs just to pay rent, but still can't make a dollar out of 15 cents? Stand up. Who is the one today that will stand up against systematic oppression, systematic injustice, systematic racism, classism, sexism? My God, my God, gerrymandering. My God, who will take a stand to stand up against gender inequality? My God, who will stand up for the LGBT community? Who will take a stand and fight for the healthcare system? My God, are you one to strike with the healthcare workers who are making nothing, but they're doing a whole lot to our system? Who will stand up in the educational system to stand up for adequate school buildings and adequate education and where they're banning books? My God, I want to shout out to the churches where they banned books to now teach in Sunday school the thing that they're banning. That's what we're talking about today. Yes, that's it, Pastor Lawrence. Is there another yes? Can I get a yes? Yes, over in the north. Yes, in the south. Yes, in the east. Yes, in the west. I say yes, Lord. Yes, Lord, to what you say yes to. Yes, to changing the correctional facility where in my state alone, seven people within a year have died in correctional facilities when they're just there for just maybe a warrant waiting to see a judge, but they died due to health care issues. Somebody who's going to stand up and speak on their behalf to those that are incarcerated and they're dying at the hands of an injustice system that's doing policies
instead of failing those whom you're supposed to be protecting. Somebody, this is what the church should be concerned about. Not how much money you make, not how much bling you've got, not what chair you sit in, not what choir you choiring in. My God, what prophecy are you getting? Church, it's time to stop the madness and begin to be the method in the madness to bring liberation, to bring hope, to bring change. And like the Lord said, that I have a plan in the midst of oppression. It's God got a plan in the midst of craziness. God still has a plan in the midst of, of, of your, my God, rebellion. God still has a plan. How many can thank God? That's why today the church's methods are crazy. But I'm here because I'm encouraged that God still has a plan. A plan to not harm us. Thank you, Lord, that you're not going to harm us. A plan to give hope and a plan for a future. And so I'm not thanking God because he's got a plan for me. That would be too narcissistic. That would be too selfish of me just to think it's for me. But he's speaking of a whole of what he can do. And if he did it for a church that was going wild in Israel, then I believe he can do it for a church that's seeking after him today. Somebody shout yes. I've got to go. But let me do this before I go. Because I'm in the book. Your salvation just ain't about you. You're getting to heaven because you're saved. Okay, and then what? But I challenge you, it's time to occupy. Abraham occupied. And it was accredited to him unto righteousness. Noah, he began to occupy and he built an ark. Esther occupied and said, if I perish, then I perish. But I'm going to save my nation. So I'm going to go see the king. My God, David occupied where the nation was being bullied and being bamboozled. He took what he had and he said, I'll use it. And he took five rocks, my God, in a sling and knocked the giant down. Bishop would say, the bigger they are, the harder they fall. Because David was willing to occupy. Oh, my God, Joseph, in the midst of a famine, he occupied. He worked that thing. He did what he needed to do, was lied on, was put in prison. But my God, it didn't stop him from working the dream. And the dream got him into a palace and it saved the whole nation. Moses occupied with a stuttering problem and with folks all willing to complain because he wasn't doing what they thought. But it did not stop him from occupying and doing what the Lord said. Rahab, a prostitute, somebody, 
when she was judged, when she was looked at in the red light district, but Rahab occupied, and she was the only one standing when it was a mess with the red scarlet. Somebody, come on, somebody. I, what am I saying? I don't care where you've come from. I don't care how you've been judged. I don't care how you look. I don't care what you got on. I don't care what has happened to you. If you're willing to occupy and work that thing till it comes, my God, your eyes haven't seen, your ears haven't heard what God can do in a church that's already in crisis. He will use you to be, to be pragmatic and to make a difference wherever you are. And so I close by saying, go and occupy. Till next week, have a blessed week right here. Tell somebody, get somebody, and we'll see you again at... Thank you for joining us. Please like our podcast and leave us a five-star review. God bless and have an amazing week.